0: The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. So DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Now, for all new customers, DraftKings Sportsbook has a no-brainer of an offer. DraftKings is giving you a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. Yep, you heard that right. All it takes is one touchdown, Brady and Mahomes, and your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BULL, B-U-L-L, to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Plus, all new customers will have a shot to double their money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's code BULL, B-U-L-L, Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash predictions dash challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler or in Indiana 1 800 9 with it or in Colorado 1 800 522 4700. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to
1: SI.com
0: slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league.
2: Look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone, able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of.
1: Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano.
2: Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. The exec and fabs coming to you. This is Super Bowl week. No radio row, but I guess we have a virtual radio row. A little mm-hmm. bit more information on that coming up in a little bit. Coming up on the program today, got a got our very first... Staff early mock draft. Want to go through some of that stuff and obviously the Matthew Stafford news, and then a little bit later on in the program. We'll be kicking it to an interview that Mike and Ben Heisler did with the king of NFL running backs, Tennessee's Titan All-Star running back, Derek Henry. Mike, what up with
1: you, my man? I'm waiting, man, for this Super Bowl. I think it's gonna be fun. Uh really looking forward to it. It was the first weekend without football in a long, long time. And I guess we all got to feel lucky that we got through this entire season due to the uh, situation with the pandemic, but looking forward to it. I got, I watched a little Royal Rumble last night. How'd that go? I'm a WWE fan. Uh, It was so edge. You remember edge? Yeah, I remember edge. Mm -hmm. He won. Okay. Which to me was not a surprise, but edge was out of WWE for years because of an injury and no one thought he was going to be able to come back. And in last night's Royal Rumble, both Edge and Daniel Bryan, who also was told at one point that he Daniel Bryan was being pretty bad too, right? They were both in the Rumble. So that was good. Nice. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the WrestleMania main event. I'm guessing it's going to be Edge against Roman Reigns. But this WrestleMania, I believe, was scheduled to be in Los Angeles. Like I would have been going to it, but now they moved it. Uh, It's going to be in Tampa again. And then I think next year they're going to come to SoFi or in one of the in one of the next uh, years. So I'll definitely be going to that one. But um, so that, uh, Royal Rumble is always outside of WrestleMania. That's my second favorite. Can you even call it a pay per view anymore? I don't know. I mean, it's you know not really pay per view anymore at this point. But. Well,
2: Royal Rumble is always definitely probably the big one, and Royal Rumble is the one that's always, from what I can remember, is uh, the one that sets the storyline leading up into WrestleMania. Exactly. I remember WrestleManias yes. from back in the day, Mike. Watching it at, on closed circuit television at the Beacon Theater. Really? Yeah, how about that? Some Dude. great ones. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man in WrestleMania yeah, man. Steam, Maybe the best wrestling match ever. I watched it at closed circuit television at the Beacon Theater on 97th and Broadway.
1: Dude, I've been to the Beacon Theater once. I saw Steve Perry. Okay. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome,
2: man. Quaint little joint, the Beacon Theater, but definitely has that New York City vibe to it. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. It did. Yep. That was the only time. And a um, funny, story, funny story real quick ahead. before we get into it. So I love Journey. Anybody who okay. knows me knows I'm an 80s, 70s, not hairband guy, you know, classic rock. I love that stuff. So Jerry Cantrell every year has a, has a party uh, for his birthday at yep. his house. And so, you know, I go to it every year. Didn't have it this past year because of COVID, obviously. And two years ago, my son Matthew had a baseball game that ran late. Normally the party starts at around one. I got there maybe two thirty, And so there's always rock dudes there. There's, there's actors and famous people. It's fun. It's, it's cool to be there. And so, you know, we get there a little bit late, hung out, whatever finished, go home, go on Instagram. And Sebastian Bach, who's always at these parties from Skid Row posts a picture of him and Steve Perry. Okay, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's Jerry's kitchen, son of a. You he didn't was even there know, and I got there late, and I didn't get a chance to meet him, which may have been a good thing because I probably would have fanboyed all over Steve Perry, <laughs> <if I loved laughs> Steve Perry. I love Steve Perry; he's great. Love, love, freaking Steve Perry, but um, that, that that's my that's my Steve Perry story. Hopefully, I'll be able to meet him at some point.
2: That's pretty cool. You know, speaking of Edge, right quick, I remember back in the early days of. The WWE restaurant in Times Square, WWE Cafe in Times Square. Yeah, before, dude, it. yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually went there for a WrestleMania one time, and Edge was the bartender. Is that right? Yeah, he was a celebrity bartender that night, so oh, that was pretty that cool. Hilarious, dude. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how that happens. But um, nah, definitely um, you know, being been a been a fan. I don't watch it no more, but been a fan, and then obviously seeing my son grow up on it and my nephew grow up on it as well. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I am familiar. With that uh situation, but let's get familiar with this situation with the with the Lions of Detroit acquiring yep. Jared Goff and some draft picks from the Rams of Los Angeles for one, mm-hmm. Ma- Matthew Stafford. So now we got a situation, Mike, where Matthew Stafford is now the quarterback of the of the Rams. So he's out there in LA with his boy. With you and and Clayton Kershaw, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Me and, and, yeah,
1: me and Clayton Kershaw.
2: <laughs> you don't got to deal with the snow. That, you know, you don't got to deal with the snow that's going on back east right now. So he goes out there to live his best life. And listen, mm-hmm. he's got a running back in Acres. He's got a decent offensive line. He's got a mm-hmm. offensive minded head coach. He's got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. We also got Van Jefferson coming up. You got the tight ends. He's got some pieces around him. I think it could, we could see a top twelve fantasy season for Matthew Stafford.
1: It's certainly possible. It's certainly more possible than if he had stayed in Detroit because no one knows what's going on with that franchise right now. Kenny Galladay is a free agent. Marvin Jones is a free agent. Danny Amendola is a free agent. Muhammad Sanu's is a free agent. And, and you know, they're, they're ultimately always rebuilding. So now it's another rebuilding year for the for the Lions, I guess. But Stafford going to L.A., it's certainly an upgrade. Obviously, Sean McVay made Jared Goff the scapegoat because his offense was terrible this past season. And you, you mentioned having that talent. Van Jefferson as the three behind Woods and Cup, Higby Gerald Everett's uh, scheduled to be a free agent. They've got Cam Akers, and I. So so this 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 move is good for Stafford more than anybody else. Yep. Because Robert Woods was the wide receiver twelve. Like he's not going to be better than that. I don't think with Stafford Cooper Cup, he'll he'll be drafted as a wide receiver two still, and you'll have more confidence in him. If it otherwise, if it were golf, but although Goff golf had tunnel vision for, for Cooper Cup oftentimes. So I don't I don't know that the wide receivers see a major increase in value because they're already good, right? Akers, maybe this is good for him in terms of being a pass catcher because, well, first off, defenses are going respect, respect to respect
2: mm-hmm. the pass.
1: So you're not going to have to worry about Akers getting uh, a whole bunch of stacked fr- fronts going up against him. But ultimately... He's still going to be one of the most popular breakout candidates fan of fantasy football. Uh, probably a second or third round pick. And like I said, Woods Cup wide receiver twos, Woods will go first. And then in Detroit, I'm just question marks. Wow. I don't know. Is Kenny Galladay going to get tagged? He's gotta, is he going to see so. they traded staff and be like, I'm out? Right? If Jones I'm Kenny Galladay, bomb. I'm like, please don't tag me. Yeah, I know. I know. Same with Allen Robinson, Chicago. So. I would suggest that the Lions, outside of now, if Galladay stays, different story. Outside of DeAndre Swift, who will be a popular breakout candidate as well, and an Anthony and an Anthony Lynn
2: system is going to be very good for Swift.
1: And they brought in Deuce Staley, so yes, uh, no question. Oh, he's got
2: Lynn and Deuce Staley. No question. That it's going oh, to be good. he's Smith in a he's, good. He, oh yeah, he's in a good
1: spot. He's in a good spot. wise, yes, yes. The. You know the, the one bummer could be game script is, is going to be an uh, issue, but maybe yeah. he's going to catch more passes out of the backfield if they don't. You know if they don't bring in another back if it's just him and carry on, and Swift, Swift will be the guy. The the wide receivers in Detroit, if Kenny Galladay is there, remember last year he got drafted in the top ten wide receivers. He won't be in the top ten wide receivers. He's going to be probably in the mid teens, I would think. He's going and going to get a discount, but also because he can mind. play, he's an exceptional player. And Detroit is going to be in a lot of games where they're going to have to throw a lot in the second half. I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Goff ended up having a handful of really good performances just based on garbage time. Yeah, volume. Because they're not going to be good. They're going to be playing from behind. You got to play Green Bay twice. You got to play Minnesota twice. So it's not going to be favorable. And Detroit's not going to be any good. So Goff could end up having some big games. You know he'll have like in a Blake the Blake Bortles kind of way, like, dude. How did you read my mind? Port? I just, <laughs> I just was going to say Blake Bortles. This is what happens when you work together so long. It's like you know what? Boom! You read my mind, Blake Bortles. He'll have some of those Blake. Bortles. He'll be garbage in the in the in the first half, and then garbage time in the second half.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Listen, I think um obviously Matthew Stafford is the big winner here. You can see a little bit of upgrade for DeAndre Swift. So, um, and like you said, if you're, if you, if you get, if you get, if you get caught on the back end of the quarterback run, and uh, you got Jared Goff, hopefully he's number two, but he is going to be a guy that may have some high volume, but it's going to be some ups and downs with the turnovers and the poor play and stuff like that that he comes won't along drafted, with yeah, He will get Goff. drafted
1: in many like traditional right. quarterback leagues.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're 100 percent correct. He might be some waiver wire guys you pick up when that, when that, when that volume starts to uh to mm-hmm. kick in for him. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, let's get ready to hop into our way way too early to start uh, mock draft. This is the first one. We got one going on right now. Got some of the guys here on the staff, guys like Ben Heisler and Frankie, and I see Bill Enright's name down here and the great Sean Childs and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the draft starts off, you had the first pick. Funny how that works. But it just it starts I, off. <laughs> I just set it up. <laughs> it starts off McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Henry, Saquon, Aaron Jones. We see six running backs go right off the top. You started off with Christian McCaffrey and as you explained last week that's probably still the top guy in
1: fantasy football. Yeah, still young, only had 76 touches last season so he's fresh and he's averaged over 30 he averaged over 30 points a game this past season he only played 3 games but still. And when you look at his last 19 games, he's he's clearly the top back. He's unless you're concerned that the injuries are a sign of things to come, well then maybe it's Dalvin Cook. I still think McCaffrey will be, if not the consensus, number one. I mean, we've we've had seasons where, like, you knew it was going to be Marshall Falker, it was going to be LaDainian Tomlinson, or it was going to be Arian Foster, or whatever the case may be. I feel like it's going to be McCaffrey, but Dalvin Cook's going to be mixed in there as well for maybe some folks out there who just don't believe that McCaffrey will be able to avoid injuries. And I, I just think this past season was a fluke. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the Holy Trinity.
2: Like where you everybody think? rotates, you where it could be, some people can say McCaffrey, some people can say Cook, and some people can say Alvin Kamara. But like I can see any any one of those. Th- that's the first three. Here's my here's my question. Put the though. in the Go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead.
1: What if Taysom Hill's the quarterback in the world?
2: Then you got to think. Then you got to think twice about Alvin
1: Kamara in the top three. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Because we did. I, see those I would suggest go down. this. I would suggest this. There are. Now, the first round, of course, is where you get your superstar. In this mock, at least two of the top four picks, and maybe top five, come with at least some risk if the scenarios play out the way they could. Kamara at three with Taysom Hill under center. He was targeted 16 times in four games with Hill. 16. That's That's not not going to cut it if
2: you take him. It's not good.
1: He had ten catches in those games. That's it. Derrick Henry's coming off a two thousand yard season. You already know, because I've told you, and you know this already. The fans know this. Two thousand yard season one year does not bode well for the the following campaign. Nope. Like that, if you temper your expectations, like you'll be fine. But Henry, what happens if he sees an eight hundred yard decrease? That's still twelve hundred yards on the ground. You know, 1300, still pretty good. No, but then then, but t- but then seven numbers.
2: catches. Yeah, then seven catches to go with that twelve. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <You> <laughs> And then Sa- and then Saquon's coming off an ACL. I think he'll be fine ultimately. But is there a little bit of risk? I mean,
2: sure. Yeah. No, and, and and you definitely see it, you know what I'm saying? Dalvin Cook has been banged up from time to time as well. But for the most part, you yeah. know, outside of that that, that ACL ten in his rookie season, uh, he's been pretty healthy and a solid fantasy back. Um Listen, the next three is interesting. Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and then Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Ezekiel Elliott should be in there somewhere.
1: I do too. I won't have Jones ranked ahead of Zeke, and I'm going to be putting up my rankings for 2021 this week on SI.com slash fantasy, so make sure you check that out. But, dude, people people out there, you got to remember, he averaged over 22 points per game when Dak was a quarterback. And then he got Denucci. Garrett Gri- Gilbert Grape, whatever, mm-hmm. and and Dalton. Folks, Zeke is 26 years old going into next season. He is not an old man.
2: Yeah, okay? he, this this is not Todd Gurley 26.
1: No, no, the, the, <laughs> this is not an and, SEC
2: 26.
1: And, and if and if anything else, Corey, I would think Zeke's going to be motivated because he had a bad year. He had a bad.
2: No year. doubt, I would feel the same way too he get his man back. Dak is back. Two one four back in effect. So
1: and Aaron um, yeah, and Aaron Jones, I don't think he's going to be a Packer. Like if you ask me right now. Thing. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a Packer next season, so uh, which is why he's got the asterisk next to his name, because I I, I think he's going to be gone. But he still had a good season, but we were all correct in predicting that touchdown regression was coming, and it came. Early in the season, it looked like we were all going to be wrong, it did. and then ultimately, uh, you know, the, the touchdowns did decline.
2: The reason why the touchdowns declined, Mike, is because the next guy to go off the board in the mm-hmm. first round with the seventh pick of the draft he scored a lot of them for the Green Bay Packers, and that was Desha- Devontae Adams. Adams' number one wide receiver to go off the board. And, and, and I think that now that's going to be consensus. Here's the question: Would you take him at 1-1? No,
1: I can't do that. It's not in my DNA to take a wide receiver. I don't think I've ever had the number one overall pick and taken a wide receiver. Never. Not even when Randy Moss was the number one player. At the not
2: even Antonio Brown was the number one guy. Never.
1: Okay. I can't do it. I can't. It's not my DNA. I'm a running back's guy. I might be 5'8 and 165 pounds with no chance <laughs> to ever play running back in the National Football League. I love running backs, right or wrong. Love them. I, I, I can't do it. I the can't life do of it.
2: fantasy football is the running back. I
1: can't do it, man. I mean, I'm old school, I guess. I, I just can't do it. But Adams will be the first wide receiver picked across the board. No question. Yeah, no, no doubt.
2: Question. After that, we get Jonathan Taylor, right? So mm-hmm. l- after that, the next two backs to go off the board of Jonathan Taylor, the next three backs to go off the board of Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, and Nick Chubb. Now, no. I would go Elliott, Chubb, and then I don't even know if Taylor belongs there. Are we no. th- oh, is he there?
1: He was good, man. If they bring, bring Marlon, back Mack, him. yeah. If they bring Marlon Mack back, then no. He's a free agent. If it's Taylor and Hines. Dude, I, I think he is right there with Zeke and Aaron Jones. Honestly, I really do. He okay. was tremendous. He was tremendous. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be in Indianapolis. That's going to have something to do with it. That's going to have something to do with it. They, they got to get somebody. I, I'd love to see him trade for Carson Wentz. Not sure if it'll happen. They're not going to get Stafford, obviously. I don't think the Colts are going to get Deshaun Watson either. Although the Texans are stupid, you know, but maybe maybe this regime will be a little bit smarter. I don't know who the, quarterback, know, know who the quarterback's going to be, man. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So that's going to have a little bit to do with it. But Jonathan Taylor's the real deal. He's dope, man. I I, I love him. I really do. I think he's going to be – he'll be a first-run pick across the board. And if if there's folks out there that draft him ahead of Zeke, I would not argue with that. Okay, now, Zeke I should, can dig that. Zeke should go next. But, like, Zeke and Taylor, I can see being drafted very close. So
2: you like Taylor
1: over Chubb? I do, but it's close. And if you if you read up on my 101 fantasy facts, you'll find out that based on the 17.1 fantasy points per game that Nick Chubb averaged when he was playing, because remember, he missed games. Yeah. You project that over a full season, he's the RB4. So you, my friend, would be correct in saying that Nick Chubb is worth a first-round pick. I... Didn't think he was worth a first round pick last season. I said top of the second round, top of the second round. When you looked at the data with Kareem Hunt in the backfield the previous season, it was not good for Nick Chubb. It was it was not worthy of an uh, of a round one selection. What he did this past season was worth a round one selection. But also keep in mind he played a lot of the season without Otto Beckham Jr. And I don't know if that's going to maybe change things in terms of how much Cleveland runs. They're still going to run it a ton. But I think Nick Chubb is now – he's in the first-round conversation without question.
2: The next – after Devontae Adams was the first wide receiver taken off the board, the next wide receiver, the next four wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Mm -hmm. and then we see DeAndre Hopkins. Now, Jefferson could be a stretch, but I get it. I would go Hopkins, Hill. I would go Hopkins, Hill. And then that's where it was. That's where I probably would put DK Metcalf.
1: Yes. Justin Jefferson was amazing. uh, From week three on this past season. But I I still, I, I'm not, I'm not drafting him over Tyree kill. Uh, I'm not drafting him over Diggs. I'm not drafting him over nuke either. Then after those guys are off the board, then, then you're, then let's have a conversation about Justin Jefferson, but DK also, I I think DK is better. Honestly, I agree with you there. I think DK's better too. Rid- you- I think Jefferson's on the Jefferson's on like that. I like him more than Calvin Ridley. Only that
2: uh, that going to be that's what I was going to bring up was,
1: Jefferson was Calvin Ridley. Well, if Julio's back, then you know for and he's back 100 percent for a full season, then you, you would think that Ridley's going to step back a little bit in terms of his production. Maybe not a ton, but a little bit.
2: Well, Jefferson has Stealing on the other side of him.
1: I get that. And Thielen scored 14 touchdowns and Jefferson was still that good. Wow. Julio
2: didn't score 14 touchdowns this year.
1: No, no. Julio's, <laughs> like never, this. Julio's <laughs> never got that, right? That's like three years of TV production for Julio for the most part. Right? Exactly. exactly.
2: Oh, man. Where would you start considering Travis Kelsey?
1: <sighs> I'm in the minority here. Everybody I talk to says first-round pick. Everybody. And I get it. I totally get it. He's He's head and shoulders, the best tight end in fantasy football. Five years in a row now. I, and you hear me say this all the time, Corey, beware the magical season. Not that Kelsey hasn't had great seasons. This was was the best season of, this was the second best season in fantasy football history among tight ends. Only Rob Gronkowski in 2011 had a better season. So is he going to go for over 100 catches, over 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns again? I don't know. Uh, I'd probably be thinking more on the lines of 85 to 90, 1,200, and eight. So it's a little bit of a decline. Still great. Still very good numbers. But, dude, I can't do it. I can't. I'll never get Travis Kelsey. Never. Never. Yeah. I, I can't what, do it. What I couldn't do it when Gronkowski was the guy. I can't do it. I can't I take never, a time to soon.
2: I remember one. I remember Cash used to go on. I remember it was a, a popular a popular draft strategy, uh, maybe 2010, 2011. Cash would get on the turn. And they would go Graham and Gronk on the turn. And that's how I, they know, would I remember that team. too. Yeah, I remember that with, too. With, 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 with two tight ends. Let me ask you this. Mm. What position are you more likely to take early? A tight end or a quarterback?
1: It depends on, it really depends on what falls to me. I'm probably more likely to go with a tight end, but it, it depends on what's there. So I'll give you an example. In this draft, Dak Prescott was available in the seventh round. And I said, okay. you know what? I'm taking Dak. And there were a lot of good tight ends still on the board. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait. If I'm in a league where there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks getting drafted for some reason, then maybe I zig when they zag. And I say, okay, well, you know, I'll take, for example, Mark Andrews here ahead of a quarterback. It really depends on the flow of the draft. I, I would think, I would think based on the depth at quarterback, it'd probably be tight end nine times yeah. out of 10 in this draft. It wasn't in this draft because Dak was available in the seventh round, which is kind of when I'll start looking for a tight end. That's why I grabbed Dak there. And then I took Noah Fant, Noah Fant and Irv Smith Jr., for example, and Mike Gesicki are like the three guys that I feel like if you wait to draft the tight end until like the middle rounds, those are the targets. Those are going to be the targets. Based that on area, availability.
2: That area can be tricky too, though, because that's where a lot of guys get trapped into thinking, okay, the breakout season is coming, mm-hmm. i.e., Evan Ingram, and it never comes. You mm-hmm. see that with those tight ends in that area. Would you take let's just say Kelsey was dealing a 2 3 turn?
1: Mm. At that point, I'd have to think about it. Yeah.
2: No doubt. He'll, I, he'll, I, yeah. Never,
1: he'll never get there. No, no, at no. That point, yeah. At that, point, <laughs> at that point, I'd be like, all right, but that but that's how. That's my strategy. I just, I can't take a tight end that soon, man. Even, even in the two, three turn, you heard, you heard in my voice. I had a little bit of, yeah, okay, I'll do it. But it wasn't like, oh yes, without question, because ultimately, and I know getting Kelsey is like getting an elite wide receiver, but it's still, I I love having balance on my team and I'd rather take a shot on a guy who might come off, who might be coming off of uh, a decent season, who maybe has a higher ceiling than, than uh, you know, than than some folks think then go after, get Kelsey. And then my, my running back two is a question mark. Or my wide receiver two is a question mark. I'd rather be solid uh, at those two positions at the top, RB one, RB two, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and then, you know, get that tight end somewhere in the middle rounds. That's just always been the way that I've rolled.
2: Let me, I got two questions. I got two players I want to ask you about. Mm -hmm. that they come up in the second round of this draft here? They are Michael Thomas yeah. and David Montgomery. Start with Montgomery.
1: And, and I wrote about this in my 101 Fantasy Facts. And folks, I hopefully you'll go check that out because it's there's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of really good stuff in there.
2: No doubt. It definitely is.
1: Montgomery was oh, a league winner. This, he was a league winner. He was amazing. In the first... Half of the season, though, he averaged twelve points a game. He was, he was like a, he was, a, he was a, a running back too. He was all right. Only averaged three point six yards per rush. That was bad. Three point six is not good. The opponents were much tougher. Second half of the season, his last six opponents: Corey, okay, Lions allowed the first, uh, allowed the most points to running backs. Texans allowed the second most points to running backs. Jaguars third most points allowed to running backs. Packers twice, fifth most points to running backs. Vikings, sixth most points allowed to running backs. So you give him credit for taking advantage of the opportunities without question. But are but you paying average 26 points a game like he did over his final six games in 2021? Hell no. See, and that's, that's the Rick thing. thing. Like, like, all are you, you pay for that. Too. Yeah, now you're paying
2: a premium for that. And I don't like the idea of paying a premium for David Montgomery. Like, he's not a guy I'm going to pay a premium for. If he goes in the second round, I'm not getting him. Yeah, I'm exactly. Him. He. If, if I was to start three running backs and he's my third running back, I'd be all right with
1: that. Mm-hmm.
2: But I'm probably never going to start three running backs.
1: Right. Yep. I, we we have this draft going on right now that uh, I will post once we're completed, probably in a couple of weeks. Uh, Scott Atkins went three running backs with his first three picks. I might do the same thing. My first pick, I, now I was picking later. I actually had... I believe it was Nick Chubb. And then I took Austin Eckler. So I may go running back because uh, I want th- these drafts are fun for ADP data purposes. Yeah, They're also fun to see what falls to you. Like if I go with three running backs, what are my wide receivers going to look like? If I go with two wide receivers in the first three rounds, what are my running backs going to look like? Wide receiver and running back are, are deep wide receivers, very deep running back is going to be a little bit deeper at the top because you're going to have more good young players who could potentially break out in 2021 Plus we got the kids coming out of the 2021 class where we obviously don't know where they're going to play yet, but the, you know, Najee Harris and, you know, Travis Etienne, I mean, there's, there's some guys out there that could potentially make a year one impact. So, but that that's going, so that's going to be somewhat interesting to see what you can get if you favor one of those two positions early in, uh, in your drafts.
2: And finally, before we get over to uh, King Henry, Mike, what's the deal with, with Michael Thomas? How how are we going to evaluate Michael Thomas? Uh do you think he remains a saint in the off season? You think he can end up someplace else? And can he bounce back from, you know, basically being the fantasy
1: bust of the year? Yeah, I wasn't even close. Lamar Jackson was there for a bit and then he woke up in, in the last like quarter of the season. If if he does remain a saint and there has been talk that, you know, he could be traded because he, he's the Saints are so far over the cap; it's unbelievable. Like they have a lot of stuff, they have a lot of things they need to do to get to get themselves in a better cap position. A lot. Drew Brees likely to retire. I mean, Jay Glazer's already said that, and, and when Jay Glazer speaks, I listen. So it's not official yet, not like Rivers, but I think breeze would be gone. If Taysom Hill were the quarterback, Michael Thomas is probably a low wide receiver one. If Jameis Winston's the quarterback. Maybe he's a little bit higher than that, but I, I wouldn't think Michael Thomas, I'm not going to have him ranked in my top five wide receivers, which is crazy to think that last year he was the consensus number one after having a what, Corey? Magical season. Yep. And now he is unlikely to be a top five wide receiver. It depends on who the quarterback is. Honestly, it really does. Thomas had some decent games with Taysom Hill anderson. He didn't get into the end zone though. So that that's I mean Taysom that's, Hill, that's, that's, t- a that's Taysom Hill's job to get in the end zone. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's a problem. Problem for him and it, Kamara if that happens. Interesting. So I, stuff, I, would say, but- I would say he's in the six to eight range uh at wide receiver. Probably in terms of in terms of the ranking, six to eight range, if Jameis is the quarterback. If Taysom Hill's the quarterback, maybe he's in the you know eight to twelve range.
2: Malcolm Michael Thomas with Jameis as the quarterback or DK Metcalf.
1: TK. All
2: right. I would agree with you on that one too. And I'm a yeah. Michael Thomas guy, but you just want to see, you just want to make sure that, that magical season was was really a magical season, that he really kind of turns it back around and gets his mm-hmm. stuff together and obviously where he lands up, where he ends is going to be important to that too. I right, Mike, you had a chance, you and uh Hyasa to uh to, to to talk to uh Derek Henry. How did that go?
1: He was great, man. He was awesome. Uh very, very good guy, nice guy, very humble. What I, I think was very cool was I asked him and you'll hear it in the interview uh, about you know being an old school running back there aren't many old school running backs anymore guys that'll run your you know run you over stiff arm you to hell there's not a lot of those guys like that anymore later in the day I interviewed Otis Anderson the former Ooh. Super Bowl MVP and uh, on my serious XM show Fantasy dirt and I asked Otis. Who is your favorite current running back to watch? You know who he said? King Henry. Derrick Henry. And then on Twitter, he said, who's got a bigger, a better stiff arm, me or Derrick Henry? And I said, you know what? I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of either one of them. <laughs> so no, not. I'm good. I'm good. But yeah, uh, Derrick was great. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy the interview.
2: All right. So there we go right there, getting ready to... Head on over to this. Don't forget, we'll be back on Thursday to kind of get you ready for the big game. Super Bowl coming up this week. But right now, we leave you with Ben Heisler and Michael Fabiano talking with Tennessee Titan running back coming off a 2,000-yard season, Mr. Derrick Henry.
0: What's up, everybody? It's a special edition of the SI Fantasy Podcast, Ben Heisler and Michael Fabiano, and we're joined today by the number one rusher in the NFL, led the way with over 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, the number one fantasy running back in standard leagues, Derek Henry of the Tennessee Titans. He's joining us on behalf of the FedEx Air and Ground NFL Player of the Year Awards. If you want to vote to recognize the top quarterback and running back performances of the year, you can visit nfl.com FedEx follow at NFL on Twitter or on the NFL mobile app. And Derek, what I love about this award is not only is it an opportunity for, for you to get recognized for an unbelievable year, but uh, FedEx is donating 20,000 bucks in the name of each winner. And it's really going to be able to make a, a key difference in the community as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, FedEx is, uh, donating $20,000, which $40,000 total on behalf of the air and ground winner, uh, quarterback and running back. Um, and I uh, think it's uh, a great thing uh, FedEx is doing. Um, and it gives them uh, a chance to donate these medical backpacks here, these medical backpacks, uh, to local uh, clinics and um, health care centers. And uh, I found out I was able to uh, help and um, be able to let uh, FedEx donate five because I won um, his grandpa of the Week uh, five times this season, which I thought was pretty cool. And um, yeah, this morning I was able to uh, actually talk to uh, some of the healthcare care workers, uh, the Neighborhood Heroes, on behalf of, on behalf of FedEx and uh, be able to partner with them and get time to spend time with them, get to know them and let them ask me questions uh, about this year and talk to them about this year and um, just to get to spend time and uh, have some uh, open dialogue about everything that's occurred and, um, you know, getting to know them a little bit more than getting to know me.
0: That's awesome, man. And congrats on really that type of year and also being able to, to make a difference as well. Uh, I know from personal experience over the last couple of years that, uh, you've made a difference for me and a lot of other people uh especially towards the end of the season weeks 14 through 60 man that's king henry season um i would imagine helping a lot of people win fantasy championships that you probably got some pretty crazy messages on on social media a lot of funny tweets instagram posts do you remember anyone that stood out in particular uh, after you helped somebody win a fantasy championship these last couple of years
3: uh i wouldn't say nobody uh, in particular but it's all year i mean it's the, the fantasy football messages all year and then at the end of the year, uh, the good messages come of everybody being happy that they were able to win their league and win the championship. So, yeah, they, 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 the fantasy um, messages uh, come in all year.
1: Yeah, Derek, we are a passionate group, if you didn't know that already. So, you know, of course, you join in a league group of running backs. Uh, only seven other running backs have only rushed for uh, 2,000 yards in a single season. Adrian Peterson, Barry Sanders, among some of those great names. Uh, was that a goal? that you had set for yourself in your NFL career that you wanted to hit the 2000 yard mark. And at what point this season did you start thinking that, yeah, this is a realistic goal that I can hit this season?
3: Um, I wouldn't say it was a goal. I think it would just me. uh, my, my, uh, my goals always be better than I was the year before. And that's just me uh, being a great teammate by the way I play by the way, you know, um, I'm able to go out there and help my team, um, each and every week and then, uh, being available, and uh, going out there and trying to do whatever I can um, to help the team. And um, I was uh, very appreciative to have that special moment uh, with me and my teammates because they take pride on us having success in the run game and me having success and just very thankful for all my teammates. And, you know, um, that that moment was very special. And then to be able to uh, join guys I grew up uh, idolizing and watching and to to join that group was just so very cool and um, very thankful to have the opportunity.
0: Derek, for fantasy guys like us, we're always appreciative when you see a coaching staff that is looking for an opportunity to maximize the talents of their best players. Uh, and your offensive coordinator for these last few years with Arthur Smith really took advantage of a ground and pound run game and then opening up play action, uh, among some of the best teams in the NFL and really utilizing your strengths and Ryan Tannehill's strengths. Uh, but now he's taken on a new opportunity as the head coach for the Falcons.
3: Oh uh, very thankful for Arthur Smith. Uh, I can't think nobody uh, who's more deserving to get a head coaching job. and who's going to do a great job. Um, we'll be greatly missed. Um, um, it was a, uh, great being able to, uh, to do it with him. And, um, I have that have the success that I've had um, with him uh, being the office coordinator. Um definitely enjoyed it. I know uh, Ryan enjoyed it and everybody in the office enjoyed it. He'll be greatly missed um, in the organization, in the building. Um, so but uh definitely wish him much success. I know he'll have success uh, when he um when the season starts to start coaching for Atlanta.
1: Derek, the NFL now is a passing league, right? All the quarterbacks get all the glory. It seems like you hear about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. But you are old school, man. And that's part of the reason why I love your game. You're old school, ground and pound. So are you proud of that, that you're kind of cut from that old school cloth? And you know what were some of the running backs uh, that you emulated when you were a kid uh, and maybe were your heroes growing up?
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's pretty cool to say. Uh, you think I'm I'm old school because uh, you know, a lot of guys I grew up with uh played when you know it, the NFL wasn't really a passing league. Um, I was a big LT fan, and um, I love love watching them play. But as I got older and um, I started playing sports and to middle school, high school, and my height and my weight. I you know can't even realize I can't play like LT. I'm not <laughs> an LT type of player. But <laughs> But, you um, yeah, listen, go on and on. I always love the r- r- running back position. Um, I was right down the street from the Jack- uh, Jacksonville Jaguars where Fred Taylor played, uh, Ricky Williams, um, Eddie George, Sean Taylor, Priest Holmes, Aaron James, uh, Larry Johnson, uh, Eric Dickinson, Earl Campbell, I mean, Barry Sanders, uh, Chris Johnson. I mean, listen, go on and on. I just love the uh, running back position. Love the guys that played the position. Um, Adrian Peterson. I go on and on about each and every running back. That's how much I love the position. Love, uh love playing running back and, um, you know, um, just uh, being fun to have the success and being in, having the opportunity that I had with the teammates that I have to, you know, be, be able to do the things that I've done.
0: I know you love playing running back. I would imagine, too, if you fire up a game of Madden, you probably like playing as, as Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans as well. You know you got that distinct advantage. But if you can't play as Tennessee, if you're going up against somebody in Madden, who's that team that you're taking?
3: Uh, I, 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 that's funny. I like to play with the Chiefs. But, but you know what's so funny? I don't really – I mean, I, I might play myself a little bit, but I don't really like playing with myself that much. But it was so funny, uh, last uh, offseason, I was playing against my little brother. My little brother was killing me with my own self. I was like, man, what? He, he was killing me. And he, he was just laughing at me. I'm like, I could not, I, I could not stop myself. When, when he was playing with me uh, last year, I, I was so frustrated.
1: Talk about your quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. You know, he was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Things didn't work out there in South Beach for one reason or another. He's come to Tennessee. I mean, and this guy has played at an absolute MVP level for the last year and a half. What do you think was the difference between when Tannehill was with the Dolphins and now with the Tennessee Titans and having all the success that he's had?
3: Um, Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, um, things happen that way. Um, Might have a little adversity. And, um, I mean, he just found the right spot. From the time he got there, um, he had that starter approach. And then when that opportunity came, he just ran with it. And you see it in his play and you see what he's been doing for the past years. past two seasons um, by, by, by the level of his play. And, um, and that's just how it's always been from the time he took over. just came in balling, being a leader, and doing whatever he can, you know, to help our team week in and week out. And um, we, we're happy to have him. We're glad to have him we all feed off of him on offense and as a team.
0: Derek, a couple more for you before we let you go. and appreciate your time. Uh, you got a pick for the Super Bowl. It's obviously the chiefs are, are favorites, but they're playing in Tampa Bay's home mm-hmm. stadium. i uh, curious to know if you think that can make a difference for them.
3: Um, I, they, they, they play uh, earlier this year uh, in Tampa. It's same, same type of uh, scenario, but the, the circumstances are different, but um, I'm going to still go with rain champs. I mean, I can cannot just not go with uh, the reigning champs, but I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it'll be a, a great game, but I got the sheets winning the game.
0: All right, we know you got about a minute or so left. We're going to go rapid fire with you. Just some fun questions just to go back and forth on. Uh, the first one from me is what job would you want if you were not a professional football player?
3: That's a good question. Probably like a bit of acting.
1: <laughs> I love that one. All right, so uh, if you could have any superpower, and some folks in the fantasy football community would argue that you do, uh, what superpower would you have?
3: Uh, to be able to teleport. Anywhere I wanted to go. <laughs> when
0: well, you got like four, four speed, it's pretty much the same thing, but that's a conversation for another time. I well, what, what about favorite actor or actress there? Who's somebody that if you turn on the TV and they're on, you're always going to watch them.
3: Adam Sandler. I love Adam Sandler. I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. Uh,
1: what is your favorite emoji?
3: My favorite emoji, probably the laughing emoji because I love to laugh. <laughs> I love the laughing emoji. That's my favorite
0: one. All right, that, that works out well. So then who is the funniest athlete that you know or have gotten a chance to play with?
3: Ah, oh, Man, that's hard. I can't even say one because I don't want to see nobody out, but I can name a lot of people. It's It's, it's been a lot of funny. Uh,
1: what's your favorite book?
3: My favorite book? I don't really have a favorite book. But I, I mean, I, I had a favorite book growing up as a kid. I used to reading, that's a good question. I, I, I loved a, a book, Jim Candy.
0: That's something I I got a a 20-month-old son. I might have to introduce that to him. Uh, Toughest opponent that that you've ever faced, Derek, could be in college, could be in the NFL. Who's the toughest opponent you ever went up against?
3: Well, I think a guy that doesn't really get a lot of recognition as he should. And, you know, and uh, hopefully that started coming. But I think Zach Cunningham, the linebacker for Houston Texas, I think he's a hell of a player. Um, And um, he he should definitely be considered one of the top in the league because – do 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 is a problem.
1: Derek, who is your favorite athlete growing up regardless of sport?
3: Kobe Bryant.
1: Kobe Bean Bryant, Black Mamba.
0: Salute Black- to the Mamba. And then last one I have for you, Derek. Favorite season of the year. I mean for us, it's probably the fall, but uh anyone in particular stand out for you?
3: Um my my favorite time is Christmas time, around that time. I love, I, I love the holidays. So I would say around that time. Derek, right there pre- with
0: you. Yeah, Derek, I appreciate you taking the time, both Fabs and I do, for joining us again. He's part of the FedEx campaign. FedEx is going to make a $20,000 donation to Direct Relief in the name of both the winning quarterback and in running back, totaling up to $40,000. Derek, great to catch up with you. Best of luck and congrats on all your success this year.
3: I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. Y'all take care.